my friends. Let's go ahead and just take a nice deep breath now. Because this episode is so good. It's going to take your breath away. In today's episode, it's actually part one of a two-part series called To Remember with Jesse Powers. And we're digging into self-expression, trusting yourself, and we even do a deep dive into the dark nights of the soul. Jesse, J-E-S-S-E, no I, is a self-proclaimed conscious indie pop singer-songwriter based in Columbus, Ohio. Jessie has been singing and writing music since her childhood in Sumter, South Carolina, beginning as an outlet to cope with the challenges. Typical of a middle school girl, her craft has evolved into a vessel for exploring and communicating more complex, universal ideas and questions. Her perspective and penetrating lyricism, tumbling vocal stylings, and powerhouse pop melodies combine to create a unique but oh-so-catchy sound that entertains and profoundly awakens those who listen. Her music has been described as real, raw, down to the heart, and like emotional surgery. Her second full-length album and her first fully orchestrated studio recording, To Remember, released in the summer of 2021, thanks to a successful Kickstarter. Yay! And is now available on Spotify, Pandora, YouTube Music, Bandcamp, Amazon Music, and Apple Music. Let's not wait a moment longer to get to know Jesse Powers and to remember. Hey there, Jules here, and welcome to Jules Loves Me, the podcast. My life is a surrender experiment where I choose faith over fear to follow my intuition. And it has all led me here to share wholehearted stories about what I've learned along the way. So take a nice deep breath, settle in, and remember, the light in me loves the light in you. Now let the elevation of your soul's experience begin. Hey, Jesse! So excited to have you. <laughs> Babe, we got Jesse. I know. Welcome to the podcast. Oh my goodness. This is really, really great. I'm super excited to be here, guys. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for asking me. We're going to have such a fun time, such a party. Yeah, I got to tell you a fun fact. Your CD arrived mm -hmm. on our Love Day anniversary, which is the day that we met and fell in love. So we got to celebrate 14 years of being in love with jamming out to To Remember. Side note. So we Which had a big really time. Which was really great. I really enjoyed your CD. It was great. Oh, Thank it was you. amazing. Yeah, we had, a, we had a blast listening to Alpaca Socks. Yeah, oh. yeah Alpaca Socks. That's a favorite. <laughs> oh, so the fun. Beat of Your Drum was a really good one. I love that one. And uh, Blows Remember, My Mind. Forgive. I mean, they're all, there's all, yeah, Blows My Mind was really good. They're all really good. It is like. You just you can listen job. without skipping. You just want to party oh. all the way through. So my gosh, it was... that is the best compliment. Thank you. <laughs> oh, happy to give yeah. it to you. And so cool to see that our names made it in there. So the J5 crew in Hopeful, Georgia. So if anybody's yeah. listening who didn't know that was us, that's us, y'all. That's yeah. us. We're so excited. That's so Thanks excited. for helping make it happen. You guys contributed your... One of the yeah. legs of the whole project, so. Oh, and we're gonna dig into that uh, today. I, I can't wait to talk to you about that whole experience. So, you know, let's talk about alpaca socks, for example. Sometimes I think my brain takes this 
you're so fun and how you are singing your songs, but also how you're writing it and all where that confidence is like next level girl. Like, oh my goodness. It's so, it's so encouraging in just hearing you. Cause I'm like, man, I want to really tap into my self-expression. So can you tell me a little bit of where that came from? Yeah, thank you for that. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. I feel like I I was so I was a theater student um, growing up, and I did like summer camp theater, and I did theater all through high school, and then I actually got my bachelor's in theater. And so a lot of that, it's it's really just like I retained a lot of um, silliness and sort of um, pl- playfulness from when I was a kid because theater is a place to really foster that instead of like you know, mathematics, where a lot of the time you just are encouraged to like sit down and be quiet and do your math problems, which I also love math, by the way. But anyway, um, so yeah, a lot of it, I think was, you know, it's definitely my theater background helped with that and just learning how to make a fool of myself and not care. Um, But it's interesting because I did go through a long period uh, in my early 20s where I cared a whole lot. I started to get a lot of anxiety and like go through kind of that dark night of the soul type of stuff. And so it's uh, it's almost like it's made a, a bit of a comeback in the past couple of years, just like rebuilding an adult confidence and not just like playful kid confidence, which is also really powerful. But yeah. is really powerful what you just said. The fact that you had it, you kind of lost it for a little bit and then brought it back, but in its adult timing, that's really like, and I I can relate to that because I can, having small children, I have that playfulness with them, but then I'm like, I wanna carry this with me all the time. I want to have that joyful spirit all the time. So mm-hmm. is there is there any like, ways that you've been able to tap into it sooner or quicker or hang on to it longer? Yeah, you know, okay, so when I was in drama in high school, our first exercise in drama one in my freshman year, Mr. Melton, shout out to Mr. Kelly Melton, amazing teacher, my amazing theater teacher in high school. He made us go out and do this exercise in spontaneity. And it was all about like just jumping off a cliff of spontaneity and he made you go out and pick something that you spontaneously felt like you should do out in public and do it and like it was your assignment that you had to do it and so mine which is ridiculous now that I look back at it but mine ended up being I was sitting at lunch with my mom and dad and I 
just had this like crazy fantasy in my mind that like I was going to be a star one day, you know? So I go over to these women sitting at a table next to me and I'm like, hi, would you like my autograph? Like real, really <laughs> like very out there. I'm like, whoa, looking back, I'm like, those women must have thought something about me. Um, but I just did it, you know? And so like that spirit is like, whenever I get an impulse like that, I've tried to, if I'm in a down spot, especially, and I'm not feeling very free, I get an impulse and then I'm like, I'm going to follow that. And whether it's like, I'm going to stop on the side of the road and take off my shoes and walk in the grass or whatever it is, you know, it's just following an inspiration or an impulse and being willing to go with the flow and have a moment of spontaneity. It really gets me more in a playful spot. Man, that is a great exercise. Like, seriously, shout out to your teacher. What was his name again? Mr. Kelly Melton. He's awesome. Mr. Kelly Melton, thank you, because now educating us mm-hmm. now many years down the road, because yeah. that's like, I'm, I'm going to pay attention to that now that you've brought my awareness to it. Like whenever yeah. I feel that, um, that just, I want to do that, that impulse, like you said, just following it. Ooh, let's see. now, And then we're going to have to tag Jesse or something if we do something really silly, be like inspired <laughs> by Jesse and... Teacher Melton. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting because like I feel like as adults, we oftentimes we get these little impulses to do stuff. And then because we're so we're we're so concerned a lot of the time with keeping the fabric of society together and following these societal rules and sort of being predictable for one another's safety that we don't do that little impulse, like whatever it might be, like I see a tree and I'm like, I want to climb that tree. And but then part of me is like, but I could get hurt or someone might think that's weird. It's on their property, you know, and it's like, just just forget about that for like five minutes and just do it. You know, it can be so relieving moments like this. Bittersweet sense of leaving. That's really interesting. I was this morning, I was actually reading uh, in um, The Four Agreements. And the beginning of that book talks about human domestication um, yes. and the way that, right, the way that, you know, there's the dream of society or the community dream is like, is mm-hmm. what is the rules that we push on our kids and the, the way to conform into the way of being and the mm-hmm. way that's acceptable. And, um, you know, the, uh, the idea of spontaneity, you know, really does, it makes you clam up sometimes, you know, to think, oh, I could do something that somebody else would see as silly or make you feel embarrassed or whatever, but and fearful, it's a quick way right? to find joy. Right. And that's what underneath it all, it's essentially like fear of not only getting hurt, but then fear of being embarrassed or fear of judgment, you know, someone judging you or whatever have you. So being able to let go of that. Yeah. It's such a practice. So go on and take your liberty. Go on and travel the world. Go on and take your liberty. Set your soul loose on the open road. Wake up early just to catch the sunrise or be reminded of the purpose of being alive. Feel that sweet sense of freedom. I can imagine as a performer, that's got to be a really strong, uh, you know, skill to need to maintain because like you're constantly in some kind of a public set, you know. Oh, for um, sure. Have you have you ever found yourself like in uh, in a performance setting or in a live setting like that where you've had to like use spontaneity to like cover a mistake or 
or like bring oh, yourself yeah. out of a funky place or something. <laughs> yeah, oh, make it yes. part of it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, that's part of that's definitely a huge part of theater and and definitely one of the skills that, you know, when someone forgets their lines or like a piece of the set falls off while you're on stage, you know, like <laughs> you kind of have to develop a, a a way of like pulling the moment in and making the moment make sense within the world of what you're doing. Um, which I have definitely carried on through as like a musician as well. Like I was playing this uh, vegan ribs fest, jazz and vegan ribs fest um, a couple of months ago, and it started pouring down rain. The tents were like literally flying off and like the oh tents gosh. over the vendors were flying off and like leaving. <laughs> leaving. <laughs> and they were just like flying away. And uh, I had a tent over me because there's all the sound equipment and you know, I just kind of started to come up with some stuff about the rain and singing weird, you know, songs about thunderstorms and making stuff up and you know just trying to like move with the moment and joke and it gets people more comfortable and like able to be more playful about the situation as well instead of being worried or scared or concerned or whatever yeah then you remember that you're spending the day chasing rays walking barefoot in the woods yeah gonna take your liberty Right. So you reminded them to stay in the moment and go with the flow of it. Go with the flow. How beautiful to use your influence like that, too. Yeah, it's super fun. It's fun when you can be successful at it. It's not so fun when you try and then you fail at it, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You're like, am I fooling them? Do they yeah, know that exactly. this is okay with me? Exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's like totally worth it all those times that it doesn't work for the time that it does work. It's totally worth Amen it. Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. So let's back it up a little bit. So you were talking about um, that you went through Dark Night of the Soul. So is that where you experienced your awakening or was it before that? Yeah, no, I'd say that was definitely a big part of it. Um, I didn't grow up with spirituality or religion really at all. Um, even though I am from the South, I was surrounded by, um, you know, a lot of religion. Uh, but my family in particular did not have a set religion, did not raise me religiously or spiritually. And it wasn't until college and I started to just really question my beliefs. And I had, I was in a relationship at the time with someone who was questioning my beliefs and questioning my goodness. And it sounds really bad now, but back then, uh, I mean, it was bad, it was bad, but it was also like a really amazing gift um, because it just sort of made me unravel my mind and made me realize that I'm not my mind. I'm not my beliefs. Um, I had an eating disorder at that time. I had anxiety and depression and it was hard. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the whole destruction of like a huge part of your identity is is a hard thing. Do you remember when we were dust? Dancing in darkness, forming the stars and supernovas. Yeah, and, and when you're doing it, at the time, you don't always know that there's going to be gold at the end of it, you know, sure. because it's a, such a purification process. I like to look at it as during those times, it's the dross is being burned off of the gold. 
so mm. the gold can shine as brightly as it can. But you don't know that at the time. You're just like, damn, this sucks. Like, this is right. terrible. This is like painful and all the suffering that I'm going through. And it's because you're having to challenge yourself right. um, to do it, you know, and you're right. And, and, and there's also no other way through it. We said when we were human, we would heed the light within so that we could fall together and begin. Totally. That's it. You don't have an option at all. Like, you can't fool yourself anymore, and you're suffering so badly. You have to, like, you turn somewhere, and you can't turn very many places before you realize the only place to turn is within. Right. And you are with you. You're there, and you're like, okay, here we are. And so what do we do now? So is that how you were able to walk yourself through that time? Yeah. So I have to say it was mostly my eating disorder. I was so fixated on uh, on healing my eating disorder that it led me to a few resources that really started to open my eyes to presence, like the concept of presence and being present and meditating and um it was through those resources specifically, which were not super spiritual in their own right. Like they were just specifically for people with eating disorders that I moved on to more like outright spiritual texts and stuff like that and learned how there was this, you know, deep knowing and high, higher self in me that I could always be turning to. And, and that was all that's always been there and will be there, you know, and to starting to develop a relationship with that. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I know that that's going to be really helpful to a lot of people listening because I think, um, like we were saying, when you're going through it, you don't know what's happening. You don't know. Like (laughs) You're just like, there's got to be a better way than this. Yes. There's there's got to be more to it than this. Yeah. And sometimes it, it takes, you know, sometimes it takes a while to get to a point where you find the language around what happened to you, you know, and you could, you're going through it and you have no idea what's going on. You don't know how to explain it to anyone. I mean, you know, it's painful and it can feel really lonely. And then, you know, it might just take a little while before you find the right book or the right movie or the right something to be like, that's what that feeling is. And that's how I can explain that. And that's how I can put language around that. And then it becomes a little more, manageable and you find more people in your tribe and you're like oh other people go through this too you know i'm not alone yeah i totally yeah i totally relate to what you're saying uh we have a similar story to you as as far as like i did not grow up with much uh uh, religion or spiritual presence in my life but jules did and so she was the one that kind of brought me into um the uh, really the whole idea of god i wouldn't call myself an atheist but i definitely was more like show me the facts like i'm a scientist oh yeah you know what i mean <laughs> yeah me <laughs> I was too like, give for me sure. those facts 
Uh-huh. Um, you know, but as you, as you, when you start kind of opening that box of, of finding the, the different, you know, pathways, uh, that speak to you, it's interesting how like, you know, one thing leads to the next and you start kind of like, it's like a Lego game. Like you're building Legos and you're like stacking them up, you know, taller and taller with each mm-hmm. new book or each new, you know, perspective, you keep adding to it and really just like solidifying, um, you know, your own, uh, your own new beliefs, your, the real beliefs instead of the ones that were given to you. Right. That was a tough um, process. Believe it or not, we were together for four years before we got married. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't talk about religion until after we got married. Whoa. Because I knew, yeah, I I knew that yeah. he really had no uh, foundation for it. And at the time I was kind of like, not really sure what my beliefs were. And I was like in this in between place. So it was just easier not to talk about it oh, to not sure. rock the boat. And right. it was our officiant who, um, who was like, did, did you guys realize that in your vows, you really haven't talked about God too much. And we were like, Oh, oh, we thought we thought we did. And so I kind of thought I was getting away with it. Right. Like I was like, it's cool. It's in my heart. It's fine. You know, but then after we got married, we went through a lot of hardship and a lot of hard times that totally um, put us in this position of like, if you guys are going to stay together and make this work, Mm -hmm. you now have to bring in that higher power like legit and so um we were directed to unity of savannah and that became our home church and you know the home of of new thought and so for me it was like oh this is what i've been looking for and then Mm -hmm. for him he was like oh this helps me make sense of things so it's it's similar to what you're saying how you know it feels like the worst thing ever and then you realize it's such a gift. Yes. It's yes. such a gift because you're like, oh, I needed to have that catalyst to push me through to the next layer, to the next For level sure. of what I'm going through. What a blessing that you guys got to go through some like a big part of that together. That is so cool. I love that. In his healing, I'm healing. As I'm healing, yes. he's healing. And so oh I have to remember that, you know, it's just grace for me, grace for you over and over and over again. And so, and I'm looking at his t-shirt that mm. is, um, you know, Jesse Powers original here. It says, <laughs> forgive yourself for everything. For everything. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have an A. I'm, I'm adding that little sass to it, but for everything, you know? So, uh-huh. And that's what it always comes down to and back to is just that forgiveness so but hey babe i love you and i'm so glad that i have you as my spiritual partner to push me to the next level so i, I love you too i'll be clear on that <laughs> hey you are you enjoying this episode well if you are may i suggest hitting share to send this goodness with your circle of loved ones not sure how to share it well most listening platforms have a share button in the bottom right hand corner or you can text a screenshot. Word of mouth is one of the most impactful ways you can help us to grow our show. And remember y'all, sharing is caring. So please hit subscribe if you haven't already before the show ends. Okay, let's get back to it. Within your um, awakening and your dark night of the soul and, and just realizing that you had this higher self within you 
that has to lead you to uh, such a level of self-trust. Mm. So can you dig into that a little bit with us? Oh my gosh. Yeah, actually it's funny. In my studio here, I have this big, <laughs> I have this sign that I put up a long time ago that says trust equals consistency over time. And then I have another sign that is just a big piece of like poster board that just says trust on it. And for the longest time, it was just like thin black Sharpie lines that just said trust, really bland and boring. And then I went through this time where I finally realized like that I was a strong person for myself. And the moment I realized that I like came up here and I just took it off the wall and I like colored all over it. I made it really bright and beautiful. Yeah. So, um, self-trust has definitely been a big, a really big thing, you know, just through my twenties, learning how to develop a relationship with myself because, um, I've, I was always a really diligent student. I was super good student, always getting A's, like always on the honor roll and very like just a very compliant person because I was wanting to do well ultimately for other people because it as a safety mechanism would make me safe if I could be good enough, if I could be, you know, smart enough, if I could do well enough for everyone else, impress people. And um, it was actually partially because of my senior year of college when I realized that I was about to enter into a world where grades did not matter. And those things don't matter. You know, I can't, my self-worth is not going to be determined by how well I do on a test or impressing other people. And so part of that unraveling was realizing that I had to start living my life for me. And that was really hard. (laughs) Oh, Um, yeah. And I and I just went through a really long period where I struggled to keep promises to myself. I struggled to keep commitments to myself. I struggled to keep commitments at all because it just really threw me into this sort of nihilistic place where I was like, what's the point? You know, there's nothing I'm not getting this like feedback, this dopamine that I need of doing things for other people that like they expect me to do and me impressing them, you know, and exceeding their expectations. And, um, and it, it's sort of like an addiction to, to the people pleasing. And I had to get over that and realize like, you know, I'm enough for this and I'm good enough to keep promises for. And, um, I have that in my song, um, the forgive song. There's a, there's the, the bridge talks about, um, the faith I had in myself turned to confusion such a slow erosion it seemed that hope and trust were just another couple illusions um and then later it says i am someone who can be relied on so i'm gonna put my faith in me and it, becoming someone that I could rely on it to, for me, it became two things. One, it was follow through with what I say I'm going to do for myself, you know, and then, you know, let that branch out to other people following through on what I say to other people as well. But then two, when I don't follow through because it will happen, don't beat myself up over it because right. that's the cycle of that's the, I mean, it's sort of the egoic cycle, you know, it's like, you could just get stuck and you never find the heart of it and you never find that forgiveness and, and yourself and you just keep ruining your relationship with yourself over and over again. And uh, 
yeah, sitting with that discomfort, knowing that I've let myself down, knowing that I've let other people down and still being able to, to sit with that and, and love myself through that. Um, yeah, it's definitely been a practice and that's at the heart of, of my growth as a person, you know, just moving through every moment with presence and, uh, and moving through the discomfort with myself and just never abandoning myself. I am the one I understand. I forgive myself. I forgive myself. Never abandon yourself. Mm -hmm. And that whole, um, to me, that's true integrity. When you will not abandon yourself and there's no price for it. When you finally allow yourself to see that you've been abandoning yourself in order to gain that approval, to gain uh, you know, to do just the, the pattern of people pleasing, you know, when you stop that and you say, nope, I'm not going to do it. And you realize that you're the one who notices those little things. You're the one, even if no one else sees it, you know, the truth. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to me because when I started to really hold myself accountable to me on that stuff, it's like, that's when I really started to see that boundaries were really important, not only to like help me with that, but also to keep me in check of like, I'm not going to abandon myself. I'm not going to leave myself here. I'm going to make myself be with me and that's going to be great. And the other side of it was finding myself in so many places of feeling pain and suffering because of others, like disappointment or I put myself out there when I really shouldn't have because I wasn't listening to that inner guidance, right? And just trying to like chase the approval or chase um, the acceptance, right? And then realizing when all of that goes away, who's left with you? You know, when I'm crying on the bathroom floor, for example, I'm the one that has to pull me back up, you know? So my, all of my work started to really focus around that because I started to realize like, I need a, I need a way to help me get out of the hole once I put myself in it. And so, you know, being able to do that has really helped me, um, not only feel better, <laughs> simply just to feel better, but also have that greater connection with self my higher self and knowing that my worth is determined by God. 
Oh, my God, worth yes. is not determined by anything else. Yes. And I'm, I'm already the beloved. You're mm-hmm. already the beloved. Yes. You already the beloved, Josh. And you listening, you are the beloved. So, you know, when you, when you remember to restructure your priorities in that sense, that foundation is solid. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting to, to finally get to the place where like, cause you can know something intellectually, right? Where like, you know, you're the beloved, you know, that things outside of you don't determine your self-worth. Right. But when you, when you really start feeling it, I know when I've really started to feel it, it's kind of unbelievable because you realize for me, I realized that I spent my whole life trying to gain something that can never be gained and can never be taken away. Like my self-worth, my security is like, it's, it cannot be earned. It literally cannot be earned. It's, it is mind blowing. You know, when you like, when I like stepped out of that mindset, it was, yeah, totally mind blowing. I was like, because even within the spirituality, you can fall into that trap of being like this perfectly spiritual person, you know, and achieving achieving enlightenment and you know all that stuff and it's like no that's just another little diversion that we take to try to keep ourselves in this little game it blows my mind it blows my I can remember getting uh, all all wrapped up in uh, certain types of meditation and trying to you yeah. know feel like other people weren't doing it right because they weren't you know doing it this certain way or they weren't. For sure. <laughs> it's yes. just it's, that's that's the carrot on the stick. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I remember that. I, you were telling me. Yeah, he was I would like, tell, I'd be like, you're meditating all wrong. Like, he's like, all wrong. I was like, well, yeah, how about reaching God? Then? You're laying down. You he can't lay like, down and meditate. Yoga not said so. Yeah, yoga. I was like, well, listen, Yoga Jules right here says <laughs> that connection is deep and tight. Okay. Yeah, so that's like, right. I love yeah, that. I just had to be like, listen, you do it your way, I do it my way. How about that? Yeah. And he was like, Okay. And then he started realizing like, oh, there are different ways. So it was just such a, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah, a but process. The spiritual of, elitism is so, is so easy to fall it into. It is for though. real. Um, I love Alan Watts when he talks about that spiritual one-upmanship is what he calls it. He's like, well, I'm more tolerant than you of non-spiritual people. You know, like, ridiculous. <laughs> like, you know, find yeah, it anyway. Yeah. I talk about that in workshops because it's like um, – the idea of not wanting to also acknowledge how you're feeling because you're supposed to be so spiritual when Mm -hmm. that's a really important step Mm -hmm. of being able to name how you're feeling so you can tame it right but we don't want to feel we want to we don't want to admit that we allowed ourselves to feel that and so Mm -hmm. that ends up causing us like discomfort in itself because the feelings are like hello, I want you to acknowledge me. I'm gonna get really loud and it's just like Man, it's it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Forgive yourself. <laughs> shadow work. It's that shadow work. You got to work on that shadow part of you that you're always, I mean, for me, speaking to boundaries also, there's, I, I went through a, a really tough period at the beginning of this year, but I was seeing a therapist, uh, I was seeing two therapists for a while, um, but one of them had this really, she told me something really amazing, which was um, the nicest 
safest people are the ones that have very clear boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like the most compassionate, safest, kindest people are the ones that have the most clear boundaries. And I was like, holy crap, because you you know where they stand at all times. Like they are not they are not manipulative. They are very clear about who they are, what they need. And I decided when I heard that quote that I wanted to be that person. And I'm that's where I am working right now. It's just constantly I, I being could walk honest. Up, I, I could just jump up right now. I yeah. mean, you just spoke to me so strongly. <laughs> yeah. That was for me right here. We could wrap things up. I'm just saying. <laughs> What did I just tell you the other day? I was like, I want everyone that spends time with me, that comes to my land to feel safe with me because I know where I am. I know who I am and that they don't have to worry. We just talked about yeah, that. That was amazing. That. And it's true. And it's because like, I don't, I, it's not a back and forth. My work is to be very solid in who I am because that's my job. You can't tell me that who I am and vice versa. So when I start to put that on your shoulders, it's like, that is too much burden and it's not placed properly. Oh, yeah. shadow work. My goodness. My goodness. I know I know we could do a whole episode on that. Like <laughs> I know, yeah. It sounds like we're kind of in a similar spot, you know, just talking about like really owning up to not like not falling into the trap of being a spiritual perfectionist, basically. And and like for right. me, that shadow work is like all of the animalistic defensive reaction you know, even sometimes violent, you know, whatever stuff that I have inside me, all of that is godly and spiritual too, which is really hard to accept, but it, that's, it's true, you know? And like, right. That's part of being able to set a boundary. Of course you mix that with compassion and understanding for the other person and clear communication, but like that fierce, like, no, (laughs) you know, that's, it's, it's extremely sacred to be able to say that and integrate that into your being. What a conversation, y'all. Woo! Oh, my goodness. And remember, this is part one of two called To Remember. And I can only imagine how many of us are feeling seen after listening to Jesse's powerful story and music. In part two, I share a big announcement and I ask Jesse for her advice. You definitely don't want to miss that. So make sure to subscribe to our show. And make sure to also share this episode with your favorite people. The music featured on today's episode showcases Jessie's second full-length album and her first fully orchestrated studio recording to remember. Remember, this was a successful Kickstarter, and it's now available on Spotify, Pandora, YouTube Music, Apple Music. And you can also go to her website directly to check it out. 
www.jessiepowersmusic.com. And remember, y'all, that's J-E-S-S-E, no I. You can also find Jesse on social media under Jesse Powers Music on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you to Jesse for sharing her heart, her music, and her power with us. Can't wait for y'all to hear part two. Till next time. You've been listening to Jules Loves Me, the podcast. If you feel uplifted and inspired and seen, I invite you to join us in the Miracle Lab, where we expand these conversations into spiritual teachings. Do you need a mentor or an accountability partner? Come to the lab and let's support each other while we experiment with miracles and grow together. Visit www.themiraclelab.org. Special thanks to my co-host, Josh, who's also on production and sound design. And a big thank you to you for listening. Send me a text and let me know what landed. 229-206-9280. I'm your host, Jules. And remember, the light in me loves the light in you. I'll see you in the lab.